Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to the Euro Puck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Hayden, also known as Oddman Rush, as you can see up there. And joining me once again is, of course, my co-host, Chris Gadsby. Hey, Chris. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. I've had a busy day today. I had to, I applied and then went back down to Peterborough to go into the office and drop some stuff off and collect a load of stuff. So I've come back with a load of goodies and I feel like a kiss, yeah, a kid at Christmas. <laughs> I've come back with, uh, come back with a load of toys and, and bits and pieces. So, Oh, well, I mean, you're living a more exciting life than I am. The most exciting thing I've done today is walk the dog. So how fun. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So much fun. I mean, I recorded a video earlier, which I'm hoping to get out within the next couple of days, which should be out by the time this episode of the Europuck podcast goes out. But yeah, it's, it's a busy time for everyone, isn't it, Chris? Um, yeah, but, very busy. Yeah. But anyway, today is Wednesday, the 2nd of September. I, I realized when we recorded our first episode, we didn't actually mention like the day that we were recording it. Yeah, so it's it, based on the, the first episode as well. Thank you so much for so, the amount of comments and mm. positive feedback and, and views we've had on the uh, the videos, both on YouTube and on all the uh, the audio podcasts as well. It's uh, really been very strong to start uh, off and we're hopefully going to uh, keep it going. And uh, particularly now we've got games to talk about. The regular season starts in eight minutes time as we're recording Ooh. this. Uh, <laughs> it's what, 20 past five uh, in the afternoon here in the UK. So, uh, yeah, hockey to talk about. Actual, meaningful hockey that counts for points. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, um, you've actually given us a fantastic segue there, Chris, because I was going to be like, oh, today, today's the 2nd of September. And for the first time in about six months, we've actually got proper European hockey back uh, across the continent, to be honest. We've got several different leagues that are starting up either today or over the next week or so. Chris and I will take you through all of them, give you a bit of a crash course, because there's a lot of leagues that we don't necessarily know or that we've kind of, we're using this podcast as an excuse to kind of delve more into European leagues and get a better look at them. So why not do it? But before we look at the sort of 2020 slash 21 seasons that are kicking off today, let's talk about a season that's resuming from last year or six months ago. Um, I didn't quite realize this until yesterday. I, I, I can't remember who tweeted it. It was one of these like European hockey news uh, Twitter accounts, which, you know, for us is super helpful on Twitter. Um, but they, they, they wrote a tweet saying that the Ukrainian Hockey League, which Chris found out was called the Ukrainian Hockey League. So a very easy pronunciation yeah. for us. Um, they're actually resuming their 2019 or their 2020 playoffs, which is an interesting thing to do six months after it's happened. So Chris, do you want to just take us through like some of the teams that are competing and what the stuff's going on there? I'm just going to throw up a, a Ukrainian flag there in the discussion. So everyone knows what we're talking yeah, about. <laughs> I can, I can take you through pretty much every team okay. um, that's competing because the Ukrainian league has a grand total of six teams in it. Oh, Yeah. So basically what happens is, is they play, Everybody, every other team eight times. I'm assuming four home, four away. I'd imagine so, um, yeah. For 40 games in the season. And then they, the top two sides get a bye into the semifinals of the playoffs and the remaining four take part in the quarterfinals. Okay. So uh, this season, you've got HK Kremenchuk 
who topped the league with 96 points from 40 games. I'm going to assume that you get three points for a win here. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, you get three points for a win, although it appears as though you get nothing for an overtime loss. Oh, see, that, that's been a conversation that some people have been like, oh, the NHL should do something like that, which is an interesting conversation to have. But luckily on this podcast, I... we don't have to go well, into it. Well, you see, so HK Kremenchuk, they had 32 wins and three overtime losses, but only got 96 points. So that doesn't match up. Okay. MHK Dynamo Kharkov, who came bottom of the league with only 10 points, they had three wins and one overtime loss. So that would be nine points plus one for an overtime loss, which does make 10. So I think the maths is slightly off somewhere. Okay. But nevertheless. I mean, we don't, um, work for so, the, we don't work for the Ukrainian hockey league, so it's not really our problem, is it? <laughs> no. So HK Kremenchuk and Don Bastonex got buys into the semifinals, and that's left uh, Billy Bars Villa Turksfer to face uh, a completely different team, according to this. No, that's going to be uh, Ledny Volky Kiev. And then uh, we've got Dinipro Kurzan uh, against uh, MHK Dinamo Kharkov. Now, Kurzan beat Kharkov by a score. Oh, this is like being back at the Lions. <laughs> so the the quarterfinals were best of three. Okay. Uh, Dinipro Kursen won by two games to nil. They won their matches 8-1 and 12-0. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit closer in the other quarterfinal, uh, Billy Bars won the first game 4-2. Uh, then Chris Sunny Vo- uh, Vovki won the second game 4-2. And then Billy Bars won the final game in overtime by five goals to four. Okay. So the semifinals were HK Kremenchuk against Billy Bars Villa Turkska and Don Bastonetsk against Dinipro Kurzan. Now, we had one game yesterday where Kremenchuk, the lead leaguers, with I'll say 99 points, I think it should be, okay. were playing. Uh, Billy Bars Villa Turkska, who had 53 points, or 54 points, according to my maths. Um, so there's a good, what, 40-odd point difference there. Yeah. Uh, they won the first game by five goals to one yesterday to take a 1-0 lead in that series. But currently, with 16 minutes gone in the first period, in game two, they are trailing by a goal to nil. Uh, so Billy Bars, uh, Billa Turks for looking to tie that game up. These are best of seven now that we're into the semi-finals, and then the other game, which is Don uh, Donbass against Curzon. They are at the second intermission uh, with Curzon currently three-one up after two periods. A hat trick uh, for D Makarov uh, in that game so far. So currently today. We've got the lower-seeded teams beating the upper-seeded teams. I've got to say, Chris, your perfect pronunciations of pretty much every single one of those teams that you talked about over the last minute and a half, two minutes or so, I would give you a round of applause if it didn't spike the microphone levels. Like, wow. (laughs) You know, like, I'll I'll give you credit on that one. I don't think I would have been able to do that. So I just want to, like, preface uh, this for everybody listening. We're we're obviously English speakers here on the Europuck podcast, so... We're probably not going to get every pronunciation right. We might get them like 50% right, 75% right. We're shooting for like a solid like 500 record on our pronunciations of teams, you know. If we get well, a few I've wrong, done, you know. 
what does it matter? I've done a big guide um, about how we pronounce all of the teams. Mm. Um, I'll admit that it's based purely on putting the team name into Google Translate and pressing the speak button <laughs> and then trying to copy down what comes up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if Google Translate's got it wrong, it means I've got it wrong. I see. Um, but Ukraine wasn't one of the uh, the leagues I did, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, to be fair, the fact that I kind of threw that on you before the uh, podcast started, like I'm, I'm very impressed, Chris. Um, yep. Now, <laughs> before we move on to like the actual uh, 2020-21 seasons beginning today, which the first mm -hmm. game, as we're recording this, is literally the puck drop's going to take place any moment now. Yep, I'll let you know when it starts. Perfect. Um, just before we move on to all of that, because we're going to talk about that a lot, what are your thoughts on the Ukrainian Hockey League uh, finishing their 2020 playoffs six months after it started? Obviously, not many teams in the league, so th there's not really a huge implication to the teams that haven't made the playoffs or teams that have maybe struggled the, the last season or so. But but it, obviously, it, it, it gives you a reminder back to kind of the NHL's original six era, doesn't it? I mean, you know, like six teams and they all make it to the playoffs or all of them, nearly all of them make it to the playoffs. And it's like all the teams hate each other because they play each other like 20 times a year. Like what, what are your thoughts on them finishing off the playoffs before then thinking about kicking off the next season when pretty much the rest of Europe is going to kick off the next season within the next couple of weeks and months. It is interesting. I mean, it's they're kind of the only ones that I'm aware of that are doing it outside like yeah. the NHL. But that's, mm. that's obviously different. I mean, the first thing I found was that it was weird that um, they had, they were only had six teams. Yes, absolutely. I found that a bit odd. Um, mm. I'm just looking actually at the... Um, the leagues and i think there is and i could be wrong here but i don't think i am that there is promotion and relegation from this 16 league oh my okay um because in 2021 uh mhk sokol kiev are in the league uh whereas um Dynamo Kharkov are not. So I think there's a one team up, one team down. Oh no, they are as well. That's odd. Mm. One team's disappeared and another team has uh, appeared. I'm just going to try and work out which one it is. I, I would um, imagine it's perhaps there's uh, new franchises coming in potentially over the last couple of years. Maybe, or, or they've just changed their name, one of the two. Or, yeah, like a logo change, a brand name change or something like that. Yeah, Kharkov has... Dynamo Kharkov appears to have disappeared. I'm just flicking between the two leagues. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, unless they've yeah, go for it. Go for changed it. their name because they're still I well, okay, either Dynamo Kharkov have changed their name, okay, or Elite Prospects hasn't updated the map. I see. Okay, so and essentially, I believe it is the um, latter of the two. Okay, so either it's not our fault, or two, we don't know what we're talking about. Which, you know, it's probably a bit of both, let's be honest. <laughs> I it, mean, it it, it, appear it's... as though they have, I don't know, yeah, but according to Elite Prospects, this team that's just jumped into the league hasn't existed for the last seven years. Interesting. So <laughs> if, if they haven't been around for the last seven years, and they're only a new team, they're doing very well. So congratulations to them. Um, I mean, there's not. We've already talked about the Ukrainian league for about eight minutes of this podcast, so it's kind of we like now. Yes. What else is there to talk about with the Ukrainian oh, league? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. Oh. 
not only has the KHL started, but inside the first minute, CSK Moscow have taken the lead. Oh, wow. Okay. Inside so... the first minute of the first game <laughs> in the new KHL season, Dmitry Samurakov has uh, put the puck in the net for CSK Moscow. And speaking of the KHL and CSK Moscow and Akbar's Kazan, let's talk about the KHL season, Chris. Yes, so, let's do that. Yeah, so as we are talking, the very first game, there's only one game today in the KHL. Um, the 2020-21 KHL season gets kicked off. It's the, uh, I believe it's the 2019 Gagarin Cup finalists, uh, CSKA Moscow, who went on to win the tournament, and Akbar's Kazan, who finished second place with won their fair share of Gagarin Cups themselves. So I wouldn't feel too sad about them for not winning that one. Um, so those two teams, because obviously the 2019, um, or the 2020, I should say, the 2020 playoffs was postponed. They weren't quite sure the best way to kick it off. They decided, you know what, for the first game of this uh, of this new season, let's have the two finalists from two years prior or a season prior, as it were, and we'll get them kicked off. And obviously... Uh, they're coming out with a bang in the first minute of the game, so fair play to CSK Moscow. So let's yeah, take a look at the preseason. The uh, Edmonton Oilers defender who had last year with the Bakersfield Condors in the AHL. Oh, okay. Um, has uh, yeah put uh, the uh, fifty-four seconds. It's now been confirmed at so has put CSK Moscow one up in the first game. Well, there you go. And let's take a look at the preseason records of all of these teams i'm yes. just throwing them up on the screen there so obviously moscow and uh kazan or cska moscow specifically there's like three different teams in moscow um moscow and uh, kazan are starting the season all the other teams are either starting their season tomorrow or over the next couple of days as we're recording this so by the time this goes out on the fourth most of the teams will have kicked off their khl season but because we haven't got that information here at the moment, Chris put together a very nice list of all of the preseason records of all of the teams. And as you can see, Akbar's Kazan had a really good run in the preseason. They only lost one game. Uh, obviously, haven't started this game off very well. Um, Vityaz, Alexander Semin's uh, KHL team, obviously former Washington Capital and Carolina Hurricanes forward. His team played relatively well. They lost a couple of games here and there, but they did pretty well. Uh, a team like SK St. Petersburg, who I followed quite closely for the last couple of years, they really did not have a good run in the preseason. They lost more games than they won, which really isn't a good job. Um, you've got um, teams like Avto Mobilis that played relatively well. Avangard played well, pretty much going undefeated. So, Chris, having a look at this list of teams, obviously, Admiral Vladivostok, for those of you who aren't aware, aren't in the KHL this season because they have bowed out due to financial problems, whether it be due to the coronavirus or not. I'm pretty sure it isn't. They were having money troubles before that came about. I think the coronavirus kind of like made things that little bit worse, so they couldn't quite run a team this year. So I believe it's 23 teams that are in the yeah. league this year. Yeah, 23 teams in the KHL. Looking at these preseason results, Chris, to kind of kick off our discussion about the KHL, who are the teams that you think we should look out for? Who do you think are the teams that the fans should look out for? People listening to this that might not know the KHL very well. If they're looking for a team to follow based on the preseason results, who would you recommend? Anyone apart from HK Sochi. Yeah, considering they won <laughs> one game all preseason, it was their very first one. Yeah, it wasn't the best run. Yeah, so they're on a nine, so eight-game losing streak. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh no. What a way to what a way to start, eh? Yeah, definitely. On an eight-game losing streak, and who have they got for their first game? Let me just have a look. 
Is it going to be uh, a nice one or I'm guessing maybe not a nice one? Uh, they have got, oh, they've got CSK Moscow. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> on Friday, unless I've missed them tomorrow. Yeah, they've got CSK Moscow on Friday. That's their first game. That's a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest, is it, really? <laughs> so so for, for context in terms of the KHL, uh, if you're wanting to kind of know who are some of the big hitters, the kind of consistent playoff contenders, Akbar's Kazan is always in the playoffs. Um, Avangard Omsk is always there. CSKA Moscow is definitely always there. They've been very good these last few years. Uh, Dynamo Moscow or Dynamo Moskva, however you want to call it, they've also been a consistent um, playoff team. Uh, Jokerit of Finland, the only Finnish team in the Continental Hockey League, they, they've been very good over these last few years. They... They kind of compile a lot of their Finnish talent, being the only Finnish team in the league. They are kind of like the premier place for Finnish hockey players to play outside of the Liga or the NHL. So they managed to stockpile a load of them. They've just picked up a couple of guys from um, the NHL or that are with NHL teams, Miko Lettinen and uh, Eli Tolvanen, who are previous Jokerit players. So they've, they've bolstered their team to kick off the season. Uh, Locomotive is usually there. Metalurg, Magnitogorsk is usually there. Um, SKA St. Petersburg is usually there. And then you've got a couple of fringe teams like Tractor Chelyabinsk, Torpedo, uh, Sevastal Sharapovets, Salavat Yuleyev is usually there. Just kind of like, j just in case you're wanting to know like some of the teams that are the better teams out of the out of the KHL or the teams that are consistent playoff contenders, you want to keep your eye on the Moscow teams, Akbar's Kazan, uh, 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 SKA St. Petersburg, I should say um csk moscow you know avant-garde there, there are there, there's a bit of a disparity com compared to the top teams and the bottom teams more so than the nhl for example the the, t the league that it always gets compared to is the nhl the nhl there is much more parity between the top team and the bottom team although it may not look like it given the how the detroit red wings played this season but you know <laughs> you've, you've got plenty of teams that are kind of stacked at the top and have the bigger budgets although they've introduced a salary cap over the last few years so that's kind of helped to to bring in a little bit more parity. But yeah, sorry, Chris, carry on talking about the preseason. Which teams do you think we should look out for? Yeah, um, I think obviously based on purely on the preseason, Avangard Omsk have had the best preseason. They've won every single game. Yeah. Um, so if you're going purely on that, then they're, they're definitely a, a side to watch. Mm. Um, as you've said, Akbar's Kazan, they're always there, as are the Moscow sides. Uh, you did a video on Moscow once, didn't you? Uh, I think ago. so. I might have done. I've I've done like videos something on the about top. making sure that St. Petersburg got to the final or something. Yeah, like it was that. um it was uh, whether the KHL was rigged like two playoffs ago, which it's like like yeah. some fans like to bring out because obviously Russia is a very sort of controversial topic to a lot of the world. We're not we're, we don't really care about the politics of so it. Like that's not our field of expertise. So even more so now. Yeah, exactly. We just want to talk about the sports, you know. Okay, so that's pretty much the preseason records of some of the teams. We've given you a list of like some of the, the higher teams in the league, some of the weaker teams that you need to keep an eye out for. Let's actually take a quick recap of each of the teams in the KHL this season, kind of what where they're based, where what the look of their rosters, how they did last season in the 2019-2020 KHL season. Because, you know, we're, we're very much aware that we're getting listeners from all over Europe, all over the world. We've got plenty of North American listeners that might not know too much about the KHL or the specifics of the teams in them. They might know only a few of the, the teams in it. So 
Chris, do you ha- are you able to kind of take us through the KHL teams and and give, have I a can chat take about you through them? the KHL teams? Yeah, wonderful. So we'll go through alphabetically. Why not? Um, go for it. So let's start with the team who topped the uh, standings last year, and that is Akbar's Kazan. Uh, no surprises, they play out of the town Kazan. Yep. Um, <laughs> in the Tatsneft Arena, a capacity of just under nine thousand. And they finished last year uh, with 93 points from their uh, 62 games. Uh, and then, obviously, the playoffs were uh, interrupted. Um, so, it's interesting to see how far they perhaps would have gone. Um, yeah. Being being a top team. Uh, if you, In case you're going to go purely on the jerseys, the team colours are green, white and red. You know, we might get people to go purely on the team colours. <laughs> uh, so then we move on to Amr Habrovsk, which is uh, how you do that one, apparently. It looks okay. like Habrovsk, but it's uh, Hab- Habrovsk. All right, then. Uh, and uh, Yeah. Uh, I quite like their logo with the tiger, I must admit. Mm, uh, yeah. And the team colours of the black, white and orange. They play, of course, out of Habrovsk. Uh, and they finished last season in fourth uh, okay. in out of the 24 teams. Or is that fourth in their division? Hang on. It might be fourth in their division. It says, it says they finished fourth, but did not make playoffs. <laughs> yeah, because they're not the sort of team that's kind of like a... They're not one of these like stacked teams in the league. So I'd imagine they would have finished kind of bottom of their division. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so because I've I need like a couple of pages open really so that I can see um, yeah I've got you know so I can get the league standings in one and then the uh, um the teams individually in another. Let me just have a look. Yes, yeah, so Agbaskan. Sorry, they came second with ninety three points last season, and Amir uh, Habrovsk. Yeah, they came sixteenth in yeah. total um, and did not make the playoffs. That sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Moving on then to Avangard Omsk, uh, who have a Bob Hartley as their uh, head coach. Uh, they play, I'm going to start saying where they play out of, because they play out of Omsk um, yeah. in their black, red, and white jerseys. Just over 10,000 uh, their arena, Arena Omsk. They spent ages uh, thinking about that name, obviously. <laughs> um, and they uh, they lost in the quarterfinals uh, last year. Uh, and then, so let's go on to, here we go, we've got an interesting one now. We have Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. Okay. Uh, one, of the long, one of the longer names uh, in their red, white, and, but they've got a nice, that logo reminds me of kind of a car logo, kind of almost a bit like yeah. Bentley. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. They were only founded in 2006. Um, they're one of the smaller arenas of under 5,000, and they lost in the quarterfinals last season as well. Uh, right, then we move into the only Kazakhstani team in the Continental Hockey League, Baris Nur Sultan. They're one of the hyphenated teams as well. So they play in, as I said, the uh, in Kazakhstan, in the town of Nur Sultan, uh, with kind of a, is that a snowy leopard on there? Something like uh, that, yeah. There we go. It yeah. looks like a snowy leopard. Um, they have an 11,500-seater stadium, which is kind of understandable because they've got so many, because they're the, kind of the only 
Kazakhstani team, you would think that they would get quite a few fans in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and they finished in fourth overall in the league. Uh, so they were still in the playoffs when they were interrupted. 84 points from 62 games there. Um, so they were finished. They were 10 games. It says 10 points, about five games behind CSKA Moscow. Speaking of CSKA Moscow, the top team from the Continental Hockey League last year. Uh, I'm. Shall I go for the full name? Shall I? Go, shall I? No, nah, you don't have to. <laughs> Club Army. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing, of course, out of uh, Moscow. One of the older teams, founded in 1946. 12,100 in the CSKA arena. As I said, they finished top of the league last season. Dynamo Minsk, the uh, Belarusian team, who uh, there was a little bit of not knowing what was going to happen surrounding Dynamo Minsk. Everything that's going on in Belarus uh, at the moment, which I spoke about, um, we spoke about in the last episode. Yep. Uh, of the and I like the um, the comment we got on YouTube from the Latvian who agrees with me that it's too early to make a decision. Um, <laughs> but uh, someone who listened to us who is a Latvian, I quite likes that one. So, um, so yes, Dinamo Minsk uh, playing, of course, out of Minsk in the Minsk Arena. Now they have a fifteen thousand wow. capacity stadium. It looks very futuristic as well, considering it was built in two thousand and nine. Though they didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, they finished um, bottom of the Continental Hockey League with just 39 points. They won 14 games all season out of the 62 that they played. Now, it's nice that you mentioned the fact that um, Minsk, obviously in Belarus and the stuff we talked about last week, there's been a lot of discussion between the Finnish KHL fans and the Belarusian KHL fans because... Dinamo Minsk are supposed to begin their season against Jokerit in Belarus. And a lot of Finnish fans are being like, can we maybe postpone this game until things have died down a little bit? Because things are still very contentious. There's a lot of tension still running high in Belarus at the moment. But I think they've they've brought the face-off time a little bit earlier in order to avoid it being like a late-night finish. I'm not 100%, 100% sure on what's going on there, but there's been a lot of talk about that game and like, uh, the especially sort of Finnish fans kind of pleading to the KHL being like, can we maybe change this game's date or something perhaps? But anyway. Uh, yeah, so moving on then to Dynamo Riga, the Latvian team in the Continental Hockey League. Uh, founded in 1940, they're even earlier than CSK Moscow. Mm. Uh, just over 10,000 for Arena Riga. Um, and they last year did not make the playoffs either. They finished, I think, second bottom. Let me just check that. Yeah, yeah second like bottom that, they finished. Yeah. yeah. So not great that two of the teams outside of Russia are uh, finishing bottom and second bottom, but uh, someone's got to, I suppose. Yep. Uh, Dinamo Moscow, we'll move on uh, to them. They had an uh, interesting year last year. They were still in when the playoffs uh, were interrupted. Uh, exactly 12,000 in the Megasport Arena. That's a cool name. That is a cool name. Mega sport. Their arena is mega sport. Yeah, it's I like, like that. What, what sort of arena is it? A mega sport arena. Mega sport. <laughs> and I mean, um, they've obviously uh, got um, uh, Vadim Shipachov, um, former Vegas Golden Knight, um, briefly for a, for a time during their inaugural season. He's the captain of uh, a Dino Moscow. They had 
Uh, they had Dimitri Askin the year before, and those two were just tearing up the KHL. Top top point scorers, without a doubt, because uh, Shipachov finished with the highest points in the league. And I think that they've now acquired another former Vegas Golden Knight in Oscar Lindbergh for this season. Just wanted to add that in. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to HK Soshi. Uh, probably the youngest team, um, although I'll wait to see when I go through the rest, um, in the KHL. Founded in 2014 and play out of the um, Bolshoi Ice Dome, uh, which was constructed for the Sochi Winter Olympics yeah. Um, yeah. in 2014. And the team got founded um, out of that. Uh, they did not make the playoffs last year. But they've made the playoffs four times out of the six years that they've been in the Continental Hockey League. Um, but uh, have never made it past the conference quarterfinals, so the first round. Uh, last season, as I said, they didn't make the uh, playoffs. They finished in 19th uh, with 59 points. Move then into the Finnish team, who I think wins the award for best logo, yes. uh, which is Helsinki Jokerit. Uh, and they... Uh, as I said, the only finished team, 13,349 capacity in their arena, the Heart Wall Arena. Uh, they've had uh, interesting um, kind of history. They've won uh, the Liga several times, uh, moved into the KHL for the 2014-2015 season and have made the playoffs every single year that uh, they've been in the KHL, sometimes losing in the first round, sometimes the second round. Uh, but they were still in the playoffs when they were interrupted earlier in the year. Then we move into the final foreign side uh, in the KHL, who were founded only in 2016, and wow. that is Kunlun Red Star yep. from Beijing. Uh, they uh, they have quite a small arena here. 4,800 uh, can get into the Feiying Ice Skating Center in Shanghai. Uh, and they made the playoffs in their first year in 2016-17, uh, losing in the first round, but haven't made the playoffs since. Uh, they didn't make it last year. They finished one place and one point above HK Sochi in 18th. So those, uh, well, we're now halfway through uh, the KHL uh, teams, Hayden. Anyone in that uh, first half where you're thinking they could make a big change uh, to their finishing position this year from last? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think you're obviously going to have the big hitters at the top, like Akbar's Kazan, Avangard, Omsk, CSKA, Moscow. All those all, those teams are especially going to be at the top. Avto's going to be an interesting one this year. They've had a few they've had they've had a few changes up and down the roster. CSKA Moscow, I say that they're going to be at the top of the league, or they're, they're going to be one of the big hitters again. They have had a lot of change in their roster this year. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov or Kaprizov moving to Minnesota. Their starting netminder Ilya Sorokin moving over to uh, the Minnesota, uh, the New York Islanders, I should say. Um, so they've lost their their top scoring or one of their top goal scorers, the highest goal scorer in the entire KHL last season with 33 goals, I think it was. And they also lost their starting netminder that helped them win that Gagarin Cup. Those are some big losses for a team like. Uh, we saw it with SKA St. Petersburg a couple of years ago when they lost Igor Shesterkin to the New York Rangers. They lost Pavel Datsuk to Avto, uh, uh, Yekaterinburg. They lost Nikita Gusev to the New Jersey Devils. Like, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of times where teams, they have these stacked rosters. And obviously, if the players play really well, they're going to get attention from across the pond in North America or other teams in the league or other leagues around Europe and things like that. So I think Kunlun Red Star might have a good chance to kind of jump up there. 
Uh, I think Yokerit is going to have a very good season again, especially early on, because they've got a couple of um, North American skaters uh, or players that played in their system before that have now moved over to North America but have been loaned back. So Miko Lettinen, a blue liner, he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, he's moved back and been loaned over to the team until the Maple Leafs kick off their next season. And uh, Eli or Eli Tolvanen um, of the uh, of the Nashville Predators, uh, he was a former Rookie of the Year in the KHL a couple of years ago, has spent the last few years with the Milwaukee Admirals and a couple of stints with the Predators. Hasn't quite made the Predators roster yet, but he's been loaned over to try and get some experience. And of course, we've got a whole, a whole host of NHL draft picks moving over, former first rounders, former second rounders that have uh, moved back over, either back home to their domestic league or to come and play some hockey in the KHL before the NHL season gets underway. But to actually answer the question that you asked me, Chris, um, <laughs> I think Kaloon Red Star has a good chance. I think Jokerit might be higher in the standings this year than they have been in years prior. I would be interested to see if CSKA Moscow drops in the standings this year, given all of the change they've had in their roster. I don't feel like they've added as many pieces as they lost. Um, but then again, what do I know? I'm just some British guy talking about hockey on the internet. Um, and <laughs> I feel like feel like Sochi might do slightly better, but I don't think they've added enough to their roster to kind of improve their luck, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, so 12 teams down at 11 to go. We will move on to Lokomotiv Yaroslavl. These are all uh, Russian-based sides now. We've had all the... Uh, Teams from across the border, uh, they play in a 9,000 arena called Arena 2000. Okay. <laughs> which was built in 1999. Ah, I guess it must be playing its first year in 2000. <laughs> yeah, some kind of, it's like the uh, the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, which is, uh, mm. which is called the Millennium Stadium because it was built for the Millennium, even though it was finished in 1999. Well, there you go. Uh, they lost in the first round of the playoffs last season after finishing second in their division. Uh, they finished in eighth overall, 73 points. Uh, they had just behind uh, Aftermobilis Yekaterinburg uh, in okay. the season last year. Now, moving on, we've got Metallurg Magnitogorsk. Uh, they are founded in 1953, another old uh, side here in the Continental Hockey League. Uh, they play out of Arena Metallurg, which is does make sense. Seven and a half thousand. Yeah. That they again lost in the quarterfinals this year, were dumped out in the first round. Now we have, I think, my favorite team. I think this is the team I'm going to follow purely for the name. Okay. So now we move on to Neftahimik Nishnikams. Oh yes, they're a they're an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Neftahimik Nishnikams. Uh, and they play in, funnily enough, Neftahimik. Uh, well, no, sorry, the, the arena is called Neftahimik and it's in Nishnikams. I see. And so that's how they get their, <laughs> that's how they get their team name, I'm guessing. Fair enough. Uh, five and a half thousand, the capacity from that. Again, they lost in the first round of the playoffs last year after coming, uh, well, they were the lowest ranked sides to make the playoffs, actually. Uh, 17th overall in the league with 64 points. Uh, Amur Kabarovsk actually finished uh, above them in the standings, but didn't make playoffs. So, 
Hmm. Okay. Interesting one there. Although I think Elite Prospects is slightly wrong again based on the number of total points. But we'll uh, move on <laughs> from that and we'll move on to Salavat Yuliev Ufa, uh, who are one of the teams we're going to be talking about in a little bit more detail later on because they've got a bit of a new design. They do. Uh, for this year, they play in the Ufa Arena. Uh, seven, just 50 seats shy of 8,000. You thought they could have squeezed another 50 seats in, couldn't you really? And yeah, make it around 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were still in the playoffs when it was interrupted back in March uh, after finishing in 11th overall in the KHL. Moving on again then to Severstal Sherpoviets. They, 1956, they were founded. Their logo, to me, looks like either a tech firm or a haulage company. Yeah, tech firm. I, I, I get the tech yeah, firm vibe for kind it. Kind of like yeah. a tech firm. It's, it's, like, um, it's like a startup in Silicon Valley or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they play out of Led, Ledevy Dovrets. That's their arena name. Holds okay. just over 6,000. They didn't make the playoffs, though, this year with only 58 points. Okay. Uh, then we move forward then again into Sibir, Novosibirsk. And they, when my computer decides it wants to load, that I like their kind of snowflake design in the middle of their logo. Mm. It's kind of yeah, Sibir like Hockey that. Club. It kind of, there's a lot of kind of nice logos, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they, uh, well, they were still in the playoffs when uh, they were interrupted. And uh, they finished in they're kind of quite quite uh, high they finished in the top 10 which is uh you know always a good uh marker 74 points they finished with and as i said they were still in when the playoffs were interrupted they are uh all where are they yeah they're one of the most southerly based sides actually in the um continental hockey league which is kind of a little bit surprising when they've got a snowflake as part of their logo you think they'd be up in siberia away wouldn't you really you you would do yeah yeah absolutely they're, they're one of those teams that kind of bounces between being a playoff contender and near the bottom of the league that where, whereas you have some of the teams that just kind of obviously they might have the bigger budgets or the better connections or the better system in place they're, they're one of those teams that you never quite know what you're going to get until they're actually on the ice you know yeah, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs for the last three seasons before they got into this <coughs> season's <Excuse me. laughs> playoffs. Excuse you. This season's playoffs, and they were still in when the playoffs were interrupted. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they had four they had four years in the playoffs before that and actually got to the conference final. Yeah, so. they're, they're, they're a very up and down team. But after, before this most recent season that was cancelled, they, they kind of spent a couple of years struggling a little bit here and there, and they'd... They're, they're one of those teams that would uh, try and pick up a couple of like ex-North American skaters, but then they'd never necessarily work out too much. So they're, they're an interesting team to watch if, you're, if you want a bit of a dramatic season. <laughs> yeah, now we move on then to uh, one of the big teams, SKA St. Petersburg. Uh, they play out of SKK Ledevy Dovretz Arena, uh, 11, just shy of 11,500. Were they not the team? You went to Germany, didn't you, to see a... Uh... I went to Zurich. Yeah, yeah. I went to Zurich, Zurich to watch yeah. uh, Dinamo Riga and uh, SK St. Petersburg play uh, in 2018. Uh, it was the... Because it really got, that long ago. Yeah, it really was. I, I've got the uh, poster like next to my computer as we're working. It was the uh, 26th of November uh, 2018. 
Uh, it was at the Hallenstadion in Zurich, where the Zurich Lions of the Swiss League play. That's a lovely stadium. Uh, it was an absolutely beautiful stadium. I mean, compared to like the British Elite League stadiums, I'm like, damn, this is a nice stadium. Um, and <laughs> they're the team that SK St. Petersburg are the team that I follow uh, most closely in the KHL. And the reason I kind of followed them is because I'm a big New York Rangers fan and they had Igor Shesterkin on their roster at the time. And I'm a huge Pavel Datsuk fan and he was the captain of the team at the time. So, um, And they also had Ilya Kovalchuk as well. And I recognized his name, obviously having come over from New Jersey a few years before and uh, kind of screwing them over, which as a Rangers fan, I'm never going to complain about. So uh, yeah, SK St. <laughs> Petersburg, I follow that team there. They're a very good team. They're a very good team. Yeah, two uh, champion, I'd say two cups uh, for SK St. Petersburg in the KHL. They have not missed out on the playoffs since the 2004-2005 season, yeah. which was before it became the KHL and it was just Russia. Yeah, back in the Russian uh, Super League days. Yeah, uh, so in the last, uh, what, seven years, so nine years, in fact, we've got conference, five conference final losses, two champions and a couple of conference semi-final losses. Of course, they were still in the uh, league, uh, so still in the playoffs when they got interrupted. Yeah. Move through then to the uh, last Moscow-based team, Spartak Moscow. Uh, they were, again, one of the earlier teams, founded in 1946, uh, and um, oh, I've lost the stats. There they are. Uh, they <laughs> lost in the first round this year. They've lost in the first round of the playoffs now for the last three years in a row, yeah. having not made the playoffs for five years before that. So not uh, kind of overshadowed by their other Moscow cousins, shall we say? Yeah, kind of, kind of starting to find their rhythm a little bit. They're, they're starting to kind of uh, create a bit of a championship contender there, but it, it, it's slow going. And when you've got teams like. CSKA Moscow, Dynamo Moscow, SK St. Petersburg, Akbars Kazan. It, it's difficult to bring that talent to the kind of younger brother Moscow team. You know, it, it's, it's a difficult slog for some of these teams. Yeah, it is. Uh, Torpedo Nishni Novgorod, then. Uh, the next side we're going to have a look at. Uh, they play out of an arena called Nagorny. Okay. I'm guessing it means something in Russian, but. <laughs> <laughs> they have made the playoffs for the last seven years in a row, but six out of those seven years, they have lost in the first round. Mm. They're kind of one of those teams that kind of consistently gets to the playoffs, but then never makes a deep playoff run. Reminds, uh, me, of, reminds me of Novosibirsk, actually. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're like Novosibirsk, yeah. Torpedo, Dynamo Riga, Spartak Moscow. They're kind of all in that same group of like fringe playoff teams, but... When if they do get there, they don't do that much, and if they don't get there, you're not really surprised. So, yeah. Uh, so then, getting towards the end now, track to Shelyabinks. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs this year. It was only a couple of years ago that they went to the conference finals. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, after three years of making the playoffs, they didn't make them this time around. It wasn't such a great year uh, for them, really. They uh, finished uh, third bottom. Uh, only just ahead of Dinamo Riga and Dinamo Minsk. And then last, but of course, by no means least, we have uh, Vitis Podolsk. And they play, funnily enough, out of a arena name called Vitis. There you go. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, so they've had a few names. Uh, they were Vitis Chekhov, uh, but now they're Vitis Podolsk. Uh, and uh, they, again, this year, went out in the playoffs in the first round, which they've done three out of the last 
four years. And in fact, those last three, well, the three out of the last four years in 2016, 17, 18, 19, and the 1920, those three seasons are the only three times that they made the playoffs in the KHL era. Um, and uh, they got knocked out in the first round each and every time. Okay. So it's a bit kind of of a mix, really. You've got the big teams up at the top, as you said, CSK, Moscow, Akbars, Kazan, SK St. Petersburg, Yokerit, and Baris Nursatan. They're kind of you know, a decent way out in front of, of the rest. But um, in that kind of midfield, it's going to be quite interesting to see how teams jostle around there in the, uh, in the season. Now, the way the KHL is formatted is similar to the NHL, really. They have kind of east and west, and then they have divisions inside that. Uh, so you've got the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, and then you've got the Bobrov Division, the Tarasov Division, the Karmalov Division, the Shurnish and the Shurnishev Division. So, uh, yeah, Kazan currently losing by a goal to nil there uh, in the first intermission there now, and uh, still that goal has been adjusted to 51 seconds into the game uh, to CSK Moscow, the only goal of the game so far. And uh, just going jumping back to the Ukrainian league uh, quickly, Dnipro Kursen have beaten Donbass by three goals to two in the first game of their best of seven playoff quarterfinals. So they take a 1-0 lead in the series. Okay, there we go. So that was a bit of a deep dive into the uh, KHL teams, all the KHL teams in the, uh, well, I would say the upcoming season, the season that's now just started, about 20 minutes into the 2020 slash 21 KHL season. Thank you, Chris, for taking us through that. Really appreciate it. You know, like- I get, need a drink now. <laughs> you know, get your research done and, you know, may as well put it to good use, right? So um, yep, obviously we wanted to make- all the KHL scores on our Twitter page every day. Yes, exactly. We will make sure that we update you, keep you updated with all the scores that take place. Um, yeah, we wanted to make sure we gave you guys a good crash course on what the league was like. Obviously, that's taken up a, a huge chunk of the podcast this week, but considering it's the one, well, it is the biggest league in Europe and over several different continents, to be honest, it's one of those leagues that you want to make sure you you commit a lot of time to because it's an important one. Um, we were going to go through a uh, look at this article here, which was with the KHL president, Alexei Morozov, basically saying the KHL is ready to start the season. However, there's not really anything particularly that interesting regarding the league itself and and the uh, regarding some of the, the the teams and kind of how everything's laid out. It's more specific questions, as you can see here, perhaps uh, about COVID-19 and the regulations there, the situation with Kunlun Red Star and how they're going to play in the league, um, imports and things like that. Have you ensured that teams can cross the borders into other countries? And what are the visa requirements for things like that? Um, uh, the interesting thing that I mentioned earlier, recently the media reported on fans in Finland appealing for Jokerit not to play its upcoming game in Minsk. Um, they say that Minsk is a full member of the KHL and it abides by the rules, so they're in they're in talking, but um, they see no reason why visiting fans should cancel their trip to Minsk. Hockey is all about respect. So, so there, there's a lot of questions that are answered there in an article released a couple of days ago. I don't think we really need to go into it too much. You should be able to find it. Just look up KHL um season alexei morozov and you should be able to find it so nothing too crazy there to be honest um so we've talked about the khl in a lot of length uh which is another reason why i want to kind of move on to our other topics the polish league is also starting up within the next week chris do you want to just give us a crash course on on the polish league obviously we're not too keyed up with this league so just give us a bit of a, a bit of a crash course on um 
some of the a teams crash are in the league. course in the Polish league. Exactly. I'm going to bring up a Polish flag as something to look at while we discuss it. So go for it. Okay. Right. So Polish league. Uh, it is the Polska Hoka Liga. Okay. Is uh, how it is pronounced. There are 10 teams uh, in the league. Although according to Elite Prospects, there's only one. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> the, um, in the 2020-21 standings, they've only put one team. Um, so they okay. had 11 teams in the league uh, last year. Uh, they played 47 games, uh, and it looks as though the top uh, eight, yes, the top eight make the playoffs, um, and they have a straight first versus eight, all the rest of it going down uh, in a knockout format. Uh, they do have relegation as well. Naprozor Janau uh, were relegated uh, last year after getting, ready, Three points. Oh, ow. All season. Bear in mind that oh. uh, the winner was uh, GKS to here. And they had 101 points. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Oh, Numbers of Janau uh, got three points uh, from their 47 games. And then uh, PZHL under 23s are in the uh, Polish league as well. Okay. Uh, they only played 20 games last season, but they also only have three points. Oh. Um, but this is, yes, yeah, so not precisely now. Uh, 47 games played, one win and 46 losses. Uh, no overtime uh, wins or losses. They scored 49 goals, so one goal a game pretty much. Oh, Want to hazard a guess as to the uh, conceded? Uh, 49 allowed, so I'm going to say 120 conceded. Keep going. Oh, really? Um, 363. Oh no, Polish league. <laughs> no. Uh, so you're talking on average, roughly losing each game nine one. Oh jeez, roughly. Um, Polish so... league, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the teams we've got a crack of a crack of uh, GKS Katowice, uh, GKS uh, Tahir. Uh, I like, I like JKH, GKS, Yastrabir. I'm uh, sure. KH Torun, uh, Naprizod Yanov, uh, PKH Dansk, uh, Podhale Nowitarg, uh, PZHL under 23, as I said, uh, Stozny Ovien Dansk, uh, STS Sanok, uh, Unai Ozweshim, okay. and Zalebi Ozvenshim. Okay. Those are the teams. Uh, in the Polish Hockey League this year. Well, I, the other thing I found interesting is that if you look at a map of Poland, if you were to have a map of Poland, Doug, okay. they are all in about 10% of the country. They're all in one group, which is a roughly on the Polish-Czech border. I, I guess that um, makes sense then, given the fact that the Czech League is a pretty good league in Europe, kind of, kind of keeping everything close to each other, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to describe it, if you were to split Poland into a noughts and crosses grid or a tic-tac-toe okay. grid, depending on where you come from, okay. they are all in the bottom middle square. Oh, wow, they're really close then. Yeah, they, they are all, all of the teams are all really close together, apart from uh, Dansk, who are up on the North Sea. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me, how many teams are in the league again, sorry? Uh, Ten. So nine of the teams are within like a, like, uh, like one square on like a chessboard, and then one of the teams is right up north, away from everyone else. 
you would, yeah, you would, that's... You would, you would think that dance school like would have got the message that like the others don't want to be their friend. I'm, you know? <laughs> I'm just gonna go on Google Maps and find out what the distance is between them and the rest. Yeah, can you find the distance between like the easternmost team at the bottom and the westernmost team at the bottom, and then the difference between one of the teams at the bottom to one of the teams at the top? So I, I would imagine <laughs> you'd be able to drive between like all nine teams at the bottom within like a two-hour time span, two, three hour, maybe four probably, hour. Probably it's time probably span. not far off that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not that long, uh, and then probably see, to get yeah. to the other one, it's about 14, 15 hours. So the, closest, the closest team to Dansk are uh, Katowice. So let me just have a look at that. Okay. So I go from Dansk to... Da, 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 da. This is using Google Maps. Uh, Dansk to Katowice is a driving five and a half hours. Okay. So five and a half hours from the northmost team to the Closest Second team to them. northmost team. Okay. Yep. And then in that little kind of bubble, uh, what we've got, all probably to pod hail. Okay. Um, let me have a look. Do, 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 do. I mean, it's, uh, well, to be fair, unless you're playing in dance, you, the players have pretty decent travel conditions, don't they? It's not as if like, they're yeah, playing in the not KHL bad. or not the NHL. Yeah, it's not bad in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's just go for about there. Because uh, I'm not going to Google each one. And then... Go over towards because they're all based kind of around Krakow and and that yeah. kind of area. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's five and a half hours to the rest, and then it's kind of three hours to the the rest of them. Okay. So five and a half hours from Dansk down to kind of Katowice, and then the rest of them, the longest journey is three hours. Okay, that's not too bad then. I, that's a lot closer than I thought it would be in kind of travel distance. So. That's not too bad at all. Well, then, so. That's what I seem to get anyway from what I. Oh, Noritang is there, isn't it? Yeah, three hours. Okay, and um, the but Polish all... league. The Polish league don't have a team in the Champions Hockey League, do they? Uh, no, you're right. They don't. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if it was them. I, I think it's one of the other leagues. I must have been thinking about. I mean, all of the European uh, flags. Belarus are kind of similar. have one. Yeah, Belarus have Belarus one. Belarus have um, one. Uh, France, Denmark France have, one. have yeah. one, but they've got two this year because of the Continental Cup. Yeah, okay. Fair um, but Poland... Oh, yeah, Poland do have one. I do apologise. Oh, do they? Um, yeah, it, they get they get one for the uh, the national champion. So uh, GKS Tishi. Oh, okay. Um, have, Fair enough. They are in the Champions Hockey League and they are playing... They've been in the Champions Hockey League for the last uh, three years now. I, though, I thought they, they had. I, I couldn't quite remember if, uh, if uh, Poland had a team in the Champions Hockey League, They're but I always thought they Polish did. the Polish team to record points and a win in the Champions Hockey League. Oh, okay. So there you go. Fair and enough. They so... are playing in their round of 32 game. Uh, Billy Tigri Liberec. Oh, okay. So a, a team pretty close to them in terms of uh, in terms of uh, travel distance. So that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Polish league, that's kind of a, a rough um, idea of what the Polish league is like. Obviously, they're one of the lower tier uh, European leagues. Compare it to something like the KHL. That there's no competition there whatsoever. But speaking of the Polish League, there is actually a really interesting story that I saw come out of the Polish League in the weeks leading up to the season beginning. And oh. that was that was the news about this player here. Um, and the news that an Israeli hockey captain defends joining Auschwitz hometown team. Now, obviously, we're not a history podcast, but you, I think most people are aware of what happened to uh, Israelis and members of the Jewish community in Auschwitz during the Second World War. That's terrible. 
awful monstrosities, disgusting things that happened there. But one Israeli hockey player and the, the team captain of the Israeli national team has decided to kind of take history into his own hands, which I thought was a really, really interesting story. So um, his name is Aliza Sherbatov. He's facing accusations of treason, but he says he's playing for the Holocaust victims. So I'll just read you a bit of this article. And then Chris, I want to get your thoughts on it. Israeli's ice hockey team captain has joined a club in the town where Nazi Germany's most most notorious desk most notorious death camps, I should say, was located. I didn't know why I struggled to get that out. Um, but he said he will be playing, quote, for the Holocaust victims. Eliza Sherbatov has drawn criticism and even been accused of treason after signing on with a Polish team in Osvashim, I believe that's how you pronounce it, where the Nazi occupiers built the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp. Uh, this is a quote from um, the player himself. There are Jews that are unhappy that I signed with Oschersvim. The 28-year-old told um, a news article from the town in southern Poland. I tell them, what happened 80 years ago will never be forgotten. That's why 80 years later, I want to show young people that they should be proud of their heritage and that now anything is possible. Um, now, it's important to mention that he's is the Israeli um, team captain. He's played in the KHL before. He has some experience playing in the KHL. And he says, uh, being a key player to win the championship, particularly in this, uh, particularly in this town, it's like playing for the Holocaust victims at the same time. A Jew has come back and is going to win for you. And then obviously in a place where they've had so much persecution and so much horrible experiences or, or relatives have go through horrible experiences. So Chris, th this news that the captain of the Israeli ice hockey team has joined the team closest to the Auschwitz area where the Nazis built their concentration camp. Obviously, we're not a history podcast. We're not going to go into all of the details about that. But what were your thoughts when you heard this, Chris? I kind of, when I initially heard it, I kind of went, okay then. And yeah. then it was only kind of when you, you look into it more, you go, when, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, players signed for a team. And yeah. then when you think about it, you're like, okay, yeah, there's, I can see why there's the meaning for it. From my point of view, I don't think it's right that he's been getting cause of treason and all the rest of it. I agree, yeah. Because, yeah, okay, horrible things happen, but nobody associated with that hockey club or the Polish Hockey League did anything yeah. 80 years ago there. Yeah. And how, it's kind of how long do you just never go to a place, never have anything to do with a particular place because of something that happened. Yes, you know, as I said, we're not a hockey podcast and it was the worst crimes against human beings you could ever commit. Yeah. But this is hockey. This is completely unrelated. Yeah. In, in, in my point of view. Um, I hope he does really well there. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Unai Oswashim now. Mm. Um, I might make them my kind of Polish team, really. I mean, yeah. I've got no no allegiances to any of the other ones. <laughs> Absolutely so. not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I do hope he, he he does well. But you know, this is this is ice hockey. It, it's nothing political. There's nothing, you know, with the rest of it, kind of associated. There's nothing to do with it. Um, I think uh, uh, there is at some point you've got to just kind of not, well, let's move on sounds harsh, but you've got to 
kind of get past what happened a long while ago okay and do you know something completely different yeah see see when i saw this news i kind of had three stages of my reactions to it the first one like you say was oh okay he's joined a polish hockey team there's the second reaction when i realized that he was the uh captain of the israeli team he was he's a member of the jewish community and he's going to the hometown team that was closest to the auschwitz concentration camp my next thought was why the hell would he do that like why why are you doing that not not so much like he can't do it it's more like why would you want to put yourself through something like that or go go somewhere so close to where so many people from your um from your community have suffered and then kind of reading his comments and being like oh you know he wants to kind of take back a part of the history obviously he's he's a lower tier hockey player in the european hockey circuit he's not it's not like sydney crosby's going over there and like lighting up the league scoring thousands of points getting the championship and kind of putting polish hockey on the map you know it, it's more of a it's more of a really interesting situation here where i think you know what i i actually kind of respect him for it i'm there, there's obviously i'm not a member of the jewish community personally so i i, I could imagine that members of the jewish community might have a different opinion of this you know everybody's entitled to their own opinion on it i agree with you that i don't think he should have been called a traitor or anything i i don't think that's fair because because you know like at the end of the day he's a hockey player he has to find work somewhere and if it's if we don't know this but if this was the only team that offered him a contract for this season and he wanted to carry on being a pro hockey player and getting paid to play the sport he loves you got to take the contract at the end of the day but yeah, I, I think this is a really interesting story that I wanted to bring up to kind of touch on briefly to be like, you know, this is an example of something horrible that's happened there. But say he does bring the championship back there shows that, look, a member of the Jewish community, the captain of the Israeli hockey team came and won a championship where members of his community, members of his his uh, religion suffered so harshly. And I, I, I think that's a really respectable thing to 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 do for a person and it takes a lot of guts that I, I think quite a lot of people might not have uh in on this world or in this world or on this planet so i think fair play to sherbatov i i wish him the best of luck like you said chris i hope that he actually does do well um i hope that he has a really good season with the team and maybe he gets to move gets to go back to the khl like he played there uh, a little while ago um so essentially to finish off this podcast um we were going to look at the elite ice hockey league deadline and everything but there hasn't really been any any update regarding that there is one quick article that i could show you where they basically said the date has been moved slightly further ahead um it's now yep. september 15th so i don't really want to sit here and talk about the elite league again when there's literally no news that's been announced so i want to move on to i'll the... give you a score update then i'll go for it yeah go for uh, it we are now midway through the second period in the khl and uh, on the power play, uh, Stefan de Costa has equalised for Akbar's Kazan. Okay. Uh, after a cross-checking penalty uh, by Artem Blashevsky. And the power play needed just 11 seconds um, to tie wow. the game up for Akbar's Kazan. So we're now 12 minutes into the second period and they are tied at one apiece. Okay, well, um, De Costa is a very good defenseman in the KHL. He's uh, French-born, I believe. And uh, he spent his last few years with, I think it was Avto. And he was one of the best defensemen in the league while playing for Avto. It was either Avangard or Avto. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Uh, but, let me just have a look. 
Yeah, sure. I, I think it was Avto. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it was because he signed with um Kazan for this upcoming or this now started season. So yeah, yeah he's a, he's he a really good player. With he was last season, he was with Lokomotiv Yaroslavl. Oh, okay. Here before that, he was with Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. Okay, so that's where I remember him from. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've pretty much covered every single topic that we wanted to on this podcast. We're running at a pretty decent time. Um, we were hoping that we were going to have some audience questions or comments to go through this episode, like we did last episode. Unfortunately, we didn't get any this week, Chris. I'm sorry to tell you. See if, see if there's any on uh, any from the comments on the previous videos. Yeah, double check it and go for it. See but if anything um, what... wants to. Uh... Yeah, exactly. So while you while you check that, um, I'll just let you yep. know. You can give us comments on previous videos on YouTube. You can let us know at Europuck Podcast if you want to. If you want us to discuss anything specific, now that European hockey has actually kicked off, you might have a prospect for uh, your NHL team that you want to know how they're doing. You might have uh, a, a topic or a or a topic of debate that we might not have covered on this episode that might be affecting your uh, native league that you want us to talk about. You can let us know at Europuck Podcast on Twitter. Do let us know. Um, if you have any topics or anything you want us to talk about, we want to make sure that we get as many um, fan-related topics into the episodes as possible. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be important to um, it's going to be important to make sure that like we get your guys' thoughts in it as well. So, Chris, have we had any? Uh, there's one comment which I'll, I'll discuss briefly because um, it is linked in with the KHL, and okay. it's something that I'll do throughout the rest of the. Um, uh, the rest of when the league starts up as well is it's from uh, well I, I think it's Viking Anderson okay um, and he would like to know how the leagues are structured so we've been talking a lot about the KHL here um, yep. so do they have just a straight series like the Premier League or do they have playoffs how many teams get demoted relegated is it closed or so on um, so this yeah it varies between leagues yeah um, some leagues will have promotion and relegation. Uh, we don't have that over here in the Elite League, um, and the KHL doesn't either. Um, the team that obviously wasn't taking part this year was because of money problems, not because they got relegated or anything yeah. like that. Um, so the KHL has uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Uh, again, it's similar to the NHL, just to kind of for travel, really, I think, more than anything else, isn't yeah. it? Um, and each conferences are split into two divisions. Um, so the Eastern Conference uh, has 11 teams. The Western Conference has 12 teams this year, um, and they'll play each other like, more times within their own conference. And then that also goes with the seeding for the playoffs. Yeah. And then the playoffs are eight teams from each conference, and they go down uh, until you compete for the Gagarin Cup, uh, which obviously didn't happen last year, but uh, does normally. But there's no relegation. Um, I think it's on an application basis, is it, into the KHL? I think so, uh, yeah. Which yeah, I yeah. would presume that they would take one next year to try and bring it back up to 24. They'll probably um, check Vladivostok to see if they're like in a better position, and if not, maybe look for another team elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, um, so they may well look to try and bump that up uh, next season. But uh, yeah, the KHL... Split into east and west, which is interesting because when you look at the map, mm. the majority of the teams are in the eastern, sorry, in the western half. Yeah, yeah, of they are. The, yeah. 
Like if you look at um, Kabarovs and Kunlun Red Star, they're way over into the east. They've got <laughs> yeah. long travels to do every time. Um, so yeah, that's how it's uh, split. And there's no uh, promotion and relegation in the Polish league, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, there seems to be that one up, one down system into the second Polish division, um, and they seem to just play a straight league. Yeah. So um, we we obviously covered that in a little bit of detail, and but the good thing is we've had that comment, so we'll make sure that we um, get that information in for every league that starts up for the rest of the season. So when the Finnish Liga yeah. begins, when the SHL. Uh, National League, all of that stuff, we will make sure that we talk about whether it's promotion, relegation, and how the leagues are set up. Usually, for the most part, a lot of the leagues are set up similar to the NHL in the sense that no promotion, relegation, East and Western Conference, that's how the playoffs are done, etc., etc. But if there's any sort of outliers, which I'm sure we'll find some, then we'll go into them as we find them. Um, but yep. yeah. The last minute of the second period in the KHL, still one all between CSK Moscow and Akbar's Kazan, and it's now one all. Kremenchuk have equalized against uh, Billy Bars in the uh, UHL playoffs. And uh, uh, yeah, for to keep up to date with all of the results around European hockey, keep an eye on our Twitter as I put them out every day. Exactly. And on that note, I think this is a really good place to end today's episode of the Euro Puck podcast. Thank you all very much for joining us, whether it's via the audio version on the podcast network, whether it's on our YouTube channel or anywhere else. We really do hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um, if you want to keep updated on all things Europuck podcast or send us your thoughts, opinions or questions, either from today's show or for our next show, you can either comment on the video down below on YouTube or you can follow us on Twitter at Europuck podcast. That's at Europuck podcast. And if you enjoyed listening to either or both of your hosts today, which of course you did, we're wonderful. Of course favorites. you did. <laughs> uh, then you can follow either myself on Twitter at oddmanrushyt or Chris at Chris underscore Gadsby. Thanks again for listening, guys. And we'll see you again next time.